Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. This is your first time downloading a podcast episode, then I strongly encourage you to go and check out episode zero so that you get an idea of what you're getting yourself into. If you're someone who found this podcast because you were looking for some positivity, you are in the right place, but you might get a little bit more than what you were bargaining for, as some of these stories are the experiences of people who have been diagnosed with an STI and we talk about dating and we talk about sex we talk about disclosure we talk about relationships and the most important relationship that i think we've discussed to date is the relationship that we have with ourselves and um something positive for positive people is also a nonprofit organization 501c3 that support stigmatized communities with experience-based resources and we also talk to therapists, sex educators, and people who have faced some sort of stigma in hopes of using their stories to support people through their own healing processes. So the reason that I'm talking a little bit lower is because I'm in a new recording space and this will be where I record episodes moving forward and I have to just soundproof the room a little bit so if I get too excited or loud or if I change directions or if I rock a little bit then the sound quality goes to shit so bear with me for the next hopefully 20 minutes of me just talking this is another solo episode Uh, I don't know if you caught on yet or not but I've been doing more of these solo podcast episodes Um, recently on I forget which one it was but I recently talked about how uh, I I felt like I was addicted to being needed. And as a result, that took me down this whole path of uh, just really diving into working on myself. And I hear people say working on myself a lot. And I never really see what that means because people are always talking about, you know, the work that's been done or what they're doing and there's not a whole lot of detail in it so what I'm hoping to do is um take my own experience of going through it and doing the work on myself and being able to just give you all a few uh insights to what that looks like I will try not to get too detailed because I think that maybe some pieces of this are more sacred uh, and personal to me than I should be sharing but if it just comes out then it comes out. My number one intention here is to connect um, and it's important for me to branch out those tentacles, those energetic tentacles of connection for people to latch onto whatever they find useful. So um, I'm going to just really just go into it. Uh, I think that what started this, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, I talk about being in yoga teacher training and one of the exercises that a guest did um, having us talk about where we were from. And in my own personal exploration of where I'm from, I found myself in a space that had a feeling to it. And that feeling was a sense of control and a sense of uh, no, not a lot of emotion. I don't want to say there was no emotion because uh, I, I 
interpreted it as uh, fear sort of being the driving emotion for control. So there wasn't necessarily an absence of emotion. But um, after that exercise and after talking about it and after uh, doing some journaling about the experience, I noticed that I've been having a lot of dreams every time I go to sleep. I have some kind of a dream, and when I wake up from it, I remember um, really heavy parts of the dreams, and there they haven't really been no no sex dreams, which I'm surprised, <laughs> but uh, they've been dreams of things that have different representations. So I'll wake up. And I'll either just sit and meditate on what it was, if it's really cold outside the covers, and I'll just lay there before my alarm goes off and just try and puzzle, piece things together um, that I can remember and see if there's any sort of a connection to be made. I'll often Google dream interpretations to figure out what different symbols could mean. So for instance, um, I had a dream that there was a, a dog and there was a brown puppy in the the dream that I had and Google said that that symbolizes patience and if you've been in contact with me on social media or you follow the H on my chest Instagram page then you'll know that patience has been one of the things that I've been really struggling with for myself. I have high tolerance which um, it's like an external patience where you're patient with others but you're not patient with yourself and so throughout my own personal growth process I've come to realize that being patient has not been a thing for me so it was really good for me to have seen this represented in one of my most recent dreams uh, there was another dream I had about uh, and I think that this is where this is coming from I've been I just finished the audiobook Eastern Body Western Mind and this book goes into extreme detail about the seven chakras. There's a, I'm, it's kind of like a, a study guide for me for whenever we get our yoga teacher training test. But um, I learned that my chakras and what they symbolize are out of whack. Uh, the one that stuck out to me, the mo well, there were two actually. The root chakra, which is grounding, stability. Uh, I'll, I'll go into more detail about that because I think that this is probably where the most of my growth came from. But in one of my dreams, uh, the one, two, three, four, fifth chakra, which is uh, symbolizes I speak and it's the, the communication chakra. So it's speaking, communicating, being understood, understanding and I it, it, the the color that it represents is blue. So in this dream that I had, I remember that all of the communications devices were in aqua blue, and I don't. This this was just so strange to me <laughs> to remember this as vividly as I did. But I had like an entertainment system. I had Bluetooth speakers, even my Bluetooth headphones, my. PlayStation 4 controller, all of these things were blue. And when I woke up, you know, I just wrote down as many details as I could about everything. And I think that what this symbolized for me was an emphasis on speaking my truth. Um, 
and being able to trust that that's okay and being able to ask for what I want. Um, just because this has been something that I know I've struggled with <laughs> throughout time, um, being able to clearly communicate what my needs are or even just communicating my intentions really. So these are, this is what doing the work can look like for someone. I don't want to say that this is what it looks like for everyone or say that this is like the end all be all to self-help or personal development or growth. But this is just an example of what growth can look like. So um, ever since I've set the intention of really exploring where am I from and looking back on my own personal history and what I've felt from my past that could have really influenced where I am now, I think that I've been getting communication from my own subconscious, really. So uh, this this <laughs> tells me that it's safe now for me to ask for what it is that I want. And this has been a huge gift to me because it's liberating to know that it's safe for me to do so because it hasn't always been safe for me to ask for what I want just in fear of like asking for too much or um, like I, I've always had this belief that I was always afraid of asking for what I want because I might get it how scary would that be right <laughs> um, but it's it, I think it comes from a history of asking for so few things and then realizing that um, maybe I just can't have whatever that thing is, or maybe my asks are just too big because I I've gotten I've had everything that I've needed growing up. All of my needs were taken care of. There was never a thing that I didn't need, and I barely wanted for anything. I mean, there may have been a few things that I was told no to, but these were just astronomical asks. Um, looking back on them, but my inner child doesn't acknowledge that at all so going into the uh next piece of this is um i talked about like stability being a thing for me and working on my grounding or my root chakra um i i talked about that experience that i had where i saw my inner child or that version of myself that was not even tall enough to see over the couch and realizing how that version of me felt in this heavy energy. And so um, a few days ago, so we're in March. It's March 4th today. Um, it was March 1st, actually, that I cried for the first time <laughs> in the in years, y'all, and this was like a ugly, sobby cry too. This was not a just. I get excited in the movies, like when uh in Avengers, when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer. I got so excited, like tears ran down my face. I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" This was not that kind of cry. This was an ugly cry, and um, I got to, I, I I went back and I just saw that kid that version of myself and I realize how much of a role that 
kid played in my life to get me to where I am right now. And I feel stuck because while me in the present, I have an idea of how things look. My perception is one thing, but I'm, I've, I've ignored this aspect of myself or just dismissed it and been like, I'm going to take care of myself once I'm at a certain place. And that certain place where people can look like once I have a certain amount of money in the bank or once I have uh, acquired this thing um, or once I'm in a relationship or once I'm stable and secure or once once the stars align, whatever that may look like. And for me, I for the first time saw that kid saw that part of myself and I saw it with the intention of seeing what that part of me needed because I'm so new to this whole emotions thing and understanding what they what they mean what they do how uh, your shadow controls you and my my I wanted to visit with my shadow and when it came up, that's that's what I saw. I saw this young version of myself. And this young version of myself really didn't have much control. It didn't have much freedom. Um, I, I remember it like being told I can only play between the this many houses on one side of the street, that many houses on the other side of the street. And my my family, they had to raise me that way. I get it. I'm a black man. But um as I, I, I talked through this with someone, I talked to them about how the way that I grew up, I felt like I didn't really have freedom. And they asked me how I felt about it. And I was like, well, I understand like why they did it now that I'm an adult. And she was like, but did you feel, you, you can feel however you're going to feel. What did you feel? And I thought, I was like, nothing? <laughs> did I not feel anything? Or did I feel everything? I don't know. Um so taking it back to what happened on Sunday was I I was in a bed and I was just under the covers and I closed my eyes and just envisioned myself there with that that feeling that I had from the meditation that the uh, yoga instructor guided us through. Where am I from? Right. And so I tried to just have a conversation with that version of myself and I all of these feelings came over me of what that kid missed out on didn't get to do all of the it it was just like a rush of like repressed repressed emotions came over me and it was I I just knew like I, I knew right away oh this is what I've been avoiding these are the feelings that I avoid by being such a quote-unquote light to other people um, and being so adamant about helping other people and being so available and not wanting to miss out on anyone else. I, as that child, um, was raised to believe that... um, the most important, so here, here's like the narrative without me getting too specific. I want my mama to call me, you talking about me on your podcast? <laughs> oh, I can hear that now. Uh, 
condensing it down to one sentence, the narrative was, if I'm not what mommy needs, or if I'm like, uh, if I'm like dad, then I won't get my needs met, period. That's the sentence. If I act like dad, then mommy takes away my needs. Something like that. It was something along those lines. I don't have a notebook here with me. But that was just an aha moment for me because I realized now that um, like my mom, she'd tell me because my dad was a certain way. <laughs> we won't go into too many details about that either. Um, but he... He, he was a provider. Like, all of the men in my life were providers. And my mom would always say things like, don't be like your dad because dot, dot, dot. Or you're you acting just like your dad. And these were bad things. These were negative things. So, um, as I grew up, I learned, okay, well, don't be like him. He works all the time. That's his priority. His priority is making money. His priority is uh, stability and, um, his priority is doing things the right way, like having a family, getting married and all of that. So don't be like him. This was sort of an underlying thing for me. And it was, uh, also to provide emotional support for the woman in your life. And so this being my mom. And then whenever I got girlfriends, I would treat girlfriends the way that I was taught to treat my mom. And that was really just to be available emotionally for them. Um, I think personally, if I were to go to therapy or a therapist, they'd probably give better descriptions with words and uh, have language for it that I don't have. But um, this was these were the this was the general consensus to the visit with my inner child. And I saw my inner child for the first time. And this really explains why I get so excited when um, no matter what, I get some sort of an intense emotion from a person. It can be the most negative, dark emotion, or it can be the most bright, positive emotion. The intensity is what I've always been drawn to. And here I am now, 31 years old, and I've created a life to where I am always around intense emotion, even through playing sports. I don't miss playing sports in any way, shape, or form. Like I'm over it. There are times where my competitive my competitive nature does come out, but overall, I can honestly say I don't miss sports. What I do miss is I miss the intensity of the emotions in the locker room. I miss the struggles that we had off the field together when we were running and dying and we hated each other because somebody would miss their time and we'd have to run extra. Like these moments of uh, like scraping up change to go to the Chinese buffet because we were broke and we like shared these struggles together. Those were the aspects of sports that I missed, right? And again, it's just that emotional intensity. The the I never felt like I lost. Whenever we lost, it was just like, oh, that was a better team. But I had teammates that would be devastated by a loss. And then even when we win, it was like we won because we were supposed to, and that was it. And then teammates would just be like so excited and just ready to celebrate. And those were the atmospheres that I really 
thrived in. And after sports ended, I was in corporate America. And I think the most exciting things that would happen was someone making a sale in sales. And that was it. <laughs> so I think I just sort of phased my way out of that space and into um, personal training where, you know, the energy is necessary um, to, to, to keep up. And then people come in with all types of emotions and they're intense and you're, you're responsible for supporting, like leveling them out or letting them bring whatever they're bringing in and having them express that through exercise, um, whatever the workout may look like, like you get to feel that. And then with this podcast, I think this is probably where I get it the most. Um, just given that people contact me and they say, I'm devastated. I'm devastated. I was diagnosed with herpes. I don't know what to do. And the list goes on. Or when people say, yeah, I just disclosed to someone and it went great. Thank you so much. I listened to your podcast and it helped a lot. And um, I love that. I love that so much that I have to learn to detach from it because Maybe it's not healthy how much I love it. <laughs> um, and so I decided for the month of March, if you notice by now, you haven't seen anything from me um, on H on my chest, Twitter or Instagram or I mean, I'm on Facebook and my other Instagram for uh, personal training. But um, yeah, I, I, I felt like I needed to step away from that because that visit with my inner child was a very intense one. I felt like present me has been repressing or uh, dismissing seeing that inner child. And I get to be seen so much in the light and I get to get my ego stroked and um, I get all of these praises for doing what it is that I do through the podcast. And my inner child has been screaming to me from the background in a way that I have probably been self-sabotaging myself. I know that I don't deal with rejection well. I know that I don't know what I feel. I know that it's really challenging for me to trust myself. And after looking at my inner child and like legit having a conversation, like I, I looked crazy, y'all. I had a full-blown expressive conversation thanking my inner child for being as adaptable as he was, expressing my gratitude for him complying and um, obeying all the rules and getting us to this point where we're at right now to where I can give my inner child what it wants and my inner child really just wants to play. My inner child wants to connect and I think that now we're we're speaking the same language because when I asked that kid what it wanted, like the word that came out, and I'm telling you, I probably sound crazy as fuck, but the word that came out of my inner child was, I want it was play. I want to play, and as an adult, you know, I'm not gonna just be at a playground or a playpen or anything, but as an adult now, it it's about connecting, and a lot of the reading that I've been doing and a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, uh, anything self-help related, it always points inward. Um, I've been reading Light on Life by 
Ugh, I'm so bad at names. But the name of the book is Light on Life. Oh, it's right here. His name is BKS Iyengar. And it's called Light on Life. And this is the first time that I've seen the word involution, not evolution. I-N-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. And um, it's just an internal evolution, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm taking the month of March to connect with myself which is something that I've never done. Um, I've always been around the intensity of other people's emotions and I've thrived off of that. I've always uh, been in some kind of a relationship or dated someone or been sexually active with someone. And um, I think that for the month of March, it's important for me to play with myself. <laughs> I had to. I set myself up for that one. Um, connect with myself, my inner self, my my child self. Uh, I took. I've been dating myself in February, but like since Sunday, since March first, um, I just had the realization that my inner child just hadn't been played with, hadn't been seen, you know, and. Uh, It's said it, it. It's done things to get my attention that I've ignored. Um, like uh, I've been single now since December twenty fifth, and as far as dating goes, I, I've noticed that I oh oh man, we're getting deep here. <laughs> I might be giving y'all too much. Um, I noticed that I have rejected myself before even giving an opportunity to give someone the power to reject me. So I do I do things. I do a number of things that I'm now aware of and I can't be unaware of now. Like, um, let's see. For instance, I'll give you one example and that's it. <laughs> I am in fact emotionally overwhelming sometimes to people and that is not a very good conversation starter that's not often a good way to get introduced to someone I guess unless uh maybe not even if that vulnerability is really offered to you maybe that's a bad example that's not that's not a good example so we went out Saturday night right and um there were instances well my stomach was hurting so I can't use that as an example huh this is a really tough one to like navigate cautiously um yeah I don't know we'll we'll talk about dating in another episode because that there's some funny stories there for me for online dating but I have to I have to see who I am without something positive for positive people is essentially what my uh consensus is and i'm still gonna do the podcast i'm still gonna um do all of the non-profit stuff and i'm gonna record the episodes of the podcast but um taking a step away from h on my chest because i noticed that rather than reaching for myself or rather than reaching into myself or looking to connect with myself i tend to um I tend to welcome distractions. I'll get on social media and look at people's Instagram stories and like I'll, I'll comment just to initiate conversation to get like a dopamine hit of connection 
uh, rather than finding a way to release my own serotonin. Like I got this whole me that's been inside of me crying to get out for attention and I've just been neglecting it for whatever reason. So um, this just really looks like being more intentional about connecting and taking it back to the beginning of the episode, you know, the more the most important relationship that you'll ever have is the relationship that you have to yourself, right? And so I look excuse me, I had the I hiccup burp and that was nasty. I had to have my shadow scream at me and like be upset and sabotage like dating opportunities um work getting client opportunities just because i see that this part of me has been rejecting me because it's a way of remaining safe because if i become successful or if i make a lot of money or if i am able to provide stability then that makes me like my dad or like any of the men in my life that as a child I was told not to be like right and if I'm like them then I don't get love I don't get emotional connection so my life right now is super welcoming and expressive of emotional connection and I feel my inner child feels like I can't I can't have this stability because it means I'll have to cut off the emotional piece, right? In order to keep mom happy. That's like if I want to keep mom happy, then I have to keep the emotional piece, but if I want to be successful, then I got to be like dad, and if I'm like dad, then mom won't love me. I cannot <laughs> <laughs> live like that <laughs> um it's like i'm i'm fine i have enough i do what i gotta do uh and legally i do what i gotta do legally let me say that and make sure i put the l word in there but i had to convince my inner child that i'll take care of him i'll take care of us my healing process looks like giving my inner child a job to be adaptable, to have that structure and routine so that it knows when he's being a good boy. And then give him permission to play. Like today we danced in the living room in this house that we have. And like I just reassured him like, hey, we, we have this. And like no one's going to take this away because you're not being an emotional support as accessibly as you have been for people on the H on my chest social media pages. So I have to show my inner child that and that it's going to be okay um, because I'll take care of him. We can take care of each other. Um, and that's, that's, that's what my healing is looking like. And it's hard. It's really uncomfortable. It's hard for me to allow myself to be alone because I haven't been all of my 31 years. I think I lived by myself for a few months when I lived in Houston. Um, 
But even then, like, I had friends, and once they moved, I was like, fuck this. I'm moving back home, too. Like, I don't want to be here by myself. (laughs) And it's been the same thing with relationships. I think that I've set myself up to be in relationships where um, I've been with controlling. Ooh, that's, that's not the right word. With women who controlling might be the most fitting word in my vocabulary right now but women who um inhibited my freedom or felt threatened by my freedom or me getting emotional needs met elsewhere or me um doing what i had to do in order to provide stability i think that that's been a consistent pattern in my relationships i've always prioritized um their emotional well-being or their needs over my own and it's shown up a number of ways now that I'm thinking about it and uh, this is what I got to do I've got to make space for my inner child to play I have to connect with myself I have to know what my inner child wants and be able to give to my inner child and in turn like I said we can take care of each other because that inner child is resilient as fuck you know I believe that if I right now I can't offer anybody shit in a relationship I ain't gonna lie (laughs) I can't like even in dating um the best thing that I can do at this point is provide emotional support I'm really good at that thanks to my inner child uh it has equipped me with a seemingly infinite supply of um, being able to hold space for others' emotions. Um, I use the analogy of being like Meliodas from the Seven Daily Sins um, with a full counter. Whatever emotions you send to me, I just reflect back to you amplified, right? That's, I, I, I do feel like that really resonates with me because uh i didn't really i don't really know what i feel but i know that it's intense i do feel but i'm spending this month to really figure out what my feeling is um my natural state of feeling i know that um i don't like the feeling of being lonely but it's not loneliness and Um, I've got like 20 pages left in this Light on Life book. Uh, And one of the things that they talk about in here is aloneness versus loneliness. And it is in aloneness that you are able to connect with yourself. You're able to connect with the divine, the infinity part of yourself. And that oneness that is present within us all. So... My intention is to connect. It's to connect with that part of myself. I wholeheartedly believe that connecting with myself is going to allow for me to be able to do more in life. If I can stop rejecting myself before I reach out to clients about training, then maybe I'll get more clients in training. If I can stop rejecting myself before I contact people about being interviewed on the podcast or uh, asking sponsors for money or asking women for dates or even asking for casual sex, whatever it is that I want, then um, I think that it'll make that kind of thing easier because my shadow, my inner child, whatever name suits it best, isn't 
sabotaging me in fear of losing what it's always known, which is that form of stability that comes with like just enough. It's just enough. Whenever you are, if I give mommy love, if I give the woman in my life love, the people in my life love, in this case, the podcast listeners, what they want, and I'm getting validation that they're receiving what they want, then I will always have just enough. I'll always be stable and secure, right? That's not, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> so this is my attempt to reconnect with this piece of myself. And I always, someone asked me, um, Courtney, how do you stay so positive? And I was like, I'm actually a pretty, eh, I'm not a negative person, but I know that through my experiences of being excited and disappointed, I know that I've come to a place of just expecting the worst thing that can happen. And then when something remotely similar to what I was hoping for in an outcome occurs, then I'm like, oh, yay, that's that's cool. I'm pleasantly surprised. But I think that like there's bright light y'all see. I think there's a much darker shadow. Because there ain't no reason I should have been crying like I was for no damn 20 minutes, half hour. I, I cried this morning. I started listening to uh, Lauren Hill, uh, Letter to Zion. And, man, I felt like, if you just listen to the words, I can't play it. Because at some point, maybe this blows up and gets big. And Lauren Hill finds out that I use her shit without uh, getting copyrights or whatever. But, yeah, it's Lauren Hill with a Y. Letter to Zion. Listen to her fucking beautiful voice and then just listen to the words of that song. And I just felt like that was me talking to my inner child. She was she's pregnant in the song. I think she's talking to her unborn child. But this is me talking to my neglected child. And I was just like, wow, and started fucking bawling. <laughs> and that's today. <laughs> so we're on day four of uh, the month of March in Courtney's healing process. Uh, I don't know what this is gonna look like in the end. I don't know how this is gonna unfold. I'm not gonna know if you have any direct feedback if you message me on Instagram because I'm I'm gonna stay off of it for the month of March. Um, I absolutely have to focus on training now. We lost our sponsor. Um, I wasn't really, I wasn't given a reason why. So, um, my attention really needs to be more so focused on the behind the scenes nonprofit functions of something positive for positive people. I do want to continue to be um, consistent in releasing the podcast episodes as I get people to interview. Uh, if it works out, then I'll interview them. Um, and I've been uh, going to different trainings to learn how to put together workshops, I guess, or uh, have trauma-informed sex education conversations, workshops, speeches, teaches, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll share some of that too, actually. It won't be today because we're all, wow, I didn't even think I was going to be able to talk for 20 minutes. It's been 39 minutes. This is great. I do hope that my rambling is somewhat useful to someone. Um, my intention here is just to connect. It's to connect with myself so that I can better connect with the rest of the world. 
and now I'm at a place where I'm letting go of expectations. I'm letting go of outcomes. This is by far one of the hardest things for me because I have always been in controlled environments and one of the symptoms of uh of that is having this sense of control, always having a sense of control of just knowing what the outcome should be or will be. And I haven't had that feeling for a really, really, really long time now. And I'm still here. Everything is okay. So uh, I'm, I'm working on this too. I'm working on focusing on my intention, letting go of the expectation because Like I said in the last episode, the narrative before was if I get excited, then I'll be disappointed. And that turned into if I have expectations, then I'll get disappointed when people fall short of what those expectations are. So I'm operating from a place of intention now. And I look forward to seeing how this is going to translate into the podcast and how uh, it's going to play out for something positive for positive people. I got a great group of advisors around me to help move the uh, nonprofit forward. And now that we don't have our uh, previous sponsor anymore, this opens up the door for more opportunities. And it's ironic because like, now that I'm dating again, I'm not sponsored by a dating site. What irony. <laughs> uh so, yeah, I mean, if y'all know sponsors, let me know. But now I can honestly say that this is probably the most important time for people to leave those reviews, those ratings, subscribe, share the podcast. Uh, and the podcast, like I said, it's expanded beyond just being about interviewing people with herpes. So you don't have to worry about being outed about your status because now the podcast is really shifted into being a space where we talk to people who've been stigmatized, who are at somehow, at some level, working through their own healing processes, just so that it can help support other people who find their way here. And what kind of example would I be if I weren't leading with my own personal experience? This is a really difficult, it's really challenging. This is by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And it is so uncomfortable, y'all really uncomfortable but uh I, I got to gotta do it because I'm the kind of person who when I become aware of something I can't be unaware of it anymore. Right? Something has to be done. And so I'm taking my buddy's advice. My buddy Tyler told me when I brought a problem up to him um, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to your bachelor party. I kind of fucked myself in a few ways. And he was just like, dude, do you not listen to your own podcast? And that really, really put it in perspective for me. I'm telling y'all all this stuff to do and giving out all this advice and not taking it my damn self. So I'm going to make this space for my healing. Um, I hope that you all will be understanding of why I'm not being interactive on the HR on my chest social media accounts. I'm still available if you need to email me for anything or if you need to text me and you have my number or you find me on any other social media. I'm still on Facebook and my business Instagram. 
for uh, giving 100 <clears throat> here in St. Louis, Missouri, 5648 Pershing. If you want to train, it's $25 a session. Um, if you're going to come more, hit me up <laughs> and we can uh, we can work something out. But uh, yeah, that that this is where my focus needs to be right now. Uh, I have to I have to create space for my inner child to be able to connect and, and play. Till next time, stay sex positive.